Welcome to the Stop Drinking Podcast, where we help you make stopping drinking a simple, logical, and easy decision. We help you with tips, tools, and strategies to start living your best life when alcohol-free. If you want to learn more about Stop Drinking Coaching, then head over to www.soberclear.com. Okay, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the channel. Today we've got John. So he's joining us over from Texas in America. Uh, so John is a father, he's also a husband, and he is an owner of a family, family-owned family jewelry store. Um, so he's been in the program for about five months, and uh, you know he's kindly agreed to come on the channel today and, uh, and share his story of, of giving up alcohol. So it's going to be awesome. So thanks so much for coming today, John. Thank you so much for having me, Leon. Yes, good to get you here. So first question, John, is, is what impact had alcohol had on your life before you decided to do something about it and start the program? Um, in my family, uh, especially on my dad's side, it was all, always around. Uh, my grandfather worked for Anheuser-Busch in the, in the accounting department. Um, so as long as I can remember any kind of family holidays, birthdays, you know, Easter's, whatever, we all got together, there was always beer around. Um, so I think in, and with some of your other uh, videos, you talked about, you know, how, um, you know, it was just what we thought we had to do as adults. We turned 18 and we, we could drink as we're, if we were able, you know, at the time, 18 and 21, you're able to drink and that's what adults do. Um, so it wasn't anything really frowned upon, you know, looking back now, I could see several of my cousins and maybe aunts or uncles that, that abused it a lot, mm. but nothing that, you know, was out of the ordinary. Um, so, you know, you get into high school and, and, uh, you know, had a couple parties and, you know, somebody offers you a beer or whatever. I'd been around my whole life. It was like, that's fine. You know? Mm -hmm. um, and then you get into college and, and kind of, you know, now you're on your own and doing stuff. And um, for me, it was even after college and, you know, up until recently this last year, I felt that I needed to, to drink, to um, enjoy myself at an event, at a gathering, mm -hmm. at a party, or whatever it was, I couldn't be myself, or I wasn't going to have that much fun. Um, and so I would do that, um, and not to the to the extent where you know it was one of these like every day, all the day, uh, all month, everything like that. It was just on occasions and and all that. But I could notice that um, I was leaning on that more to do that. And, um, you know, as you're, as you get older, your, your tastes change. So I went from, you know, beer and, and, you know, mixed drinks to just straight bourbon or, you know, stuff on the rocks. And, um, you can't do too many of those. Mm -hmm. So how was that drinking impacting your life? And when would you say it started becoming a problem? Uh, started impacting my life. I could tell probably um two or three years ago probably where i would you know we would go out with friends my wife and i and stuff and everybody's drinking and my wife really doesn't drink a whole lot at all um and so i would drink and i was always the one you know growing up and, and around my friends that was trying to be the responsible one saying okay i'm going to make sure that everybody gets home 
home okay and everything like that. And I would try to get behind the wheel and drive because I'd done it for so many years before. And my wife was like, you can't do that, especially, you know, in our town. Um, you know, people may know who you are if you're at these places. And sometimes, like most people, I'm sure, when I would start drinking, my filter would go away. Yep. And I'm going to tell you what I feel about something or whatever. And if I had customers out somewhere, we're at a restaurant or something like that, that could jeopardize our business. Mm -hmm. So I got to that point. Uh, and then I, my kids who are now 13 and 10, um, had, had kind of looked at me and just told me like, dad, you know, you know, why do you drink so much? Or they would see my whiskey glass or whatever on the mm -hmm. table and just, well, it's dad's drink. Um, it was hard for me. I knew I probably was drinking too much, probably a year and a half ago. And it would be the, you know, we, the, you talked about with the self-will and motivating and stuff and, and trying to stop. I, okay. I cut back. I'm not going to do that. Um, you know, in, in my industry and business owner, um, this time of year, Christmas time is, is really, really crucial for us. Uh, when everybody kind of, you know, it's going to get some jewelry and stuff. And, and there's a lot of stress to make sure everybody, you know, I have everything they need and everything. And I would drink more often mm. than I would throughout the rest of the year. And then what that would do, I would just attribute, okay, it's just the time of year. It's what we do, get through it and everything. Well, that kept going into January, February, March, and just all mm. that and spiraled down. Um, so I would say about a year and a half ago, I first recognized that this is getting out of hand a little bit. Yeah. So, so for you, you started noticing like you'd behave a bit differently when you were drinking, your kids started noticing, your wife was noticing. And then it sounds like you, you, you were pretty much self-medicating where the stress would increase and then you kind of use alcohol to just, you know, release the stress. And then, and then that just kind of continued and you didn't really expect it. Yeah. It was, it was one of those where I would feel like this is what would take, this pressure or this stuff off my shoulders, off my head, it would release it. Um, and that's what it, it would do. And it would for that hour or two or whatever. But then that stress and that worry or whatever, the problem I was dealing with was back the next day. It mm -hmm. was still there. I didn't get rid of it. Um, but I was always told myself that that's what I had to do. And that's what, that's what alcohol would do for me. Um, but my wife had several talks with me of just that I was a different person when I drank. Um, sometimes I couldn't see it. I didn't hear it in my voice or my affection, affection of tone or whatever. Um, but she would tell me that. And then I had, you know, my brothers and my, my mom and everybody kind of say the kind of um, relay the same message to me. Mm. And, um, so that was kind of an eye opener as well. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Like it works for an hour, but then there's a cost, right? And the cost is far greater. But so um, how successful were your attempts? Because you mentioned like doing it on your own, self-will, cutting back, slowing down. How successful were you with that? Um, I got to one time, I remember my wife challenged me, uh, maybe it's been about two years now, maybe, uh, to not drink for three months. And it was coming off, uh, it was right before 
uh, Christmas time. So knew that was going to be stressful and stuff like that. Um, and just said, can you do it? And I, oh, yeah, I can do it. I can put my, if I put my mind to something, I'm going to be able to do it. And, uh, so I did three months. We had gala events. I had parties to go to and stuff and I had water and it was great. And it was fine in my mind. I was like that three months hit. I said, I pro see, I showed you I could do it. And then started drinking it. I didn't drink as often, but I would start drinking again. And that would only the, the few times I would drink then turned into instead of two times a week, it was three times a week mm-hmm. or four or whatever. And, and it wasn't like where every time I was drinking, I was having 10 drinks and, and all that stuff. It would be one or two drinks after work and then drive home. And that was her big thing. And I, I totally understand. I mean, you never should have anything get behind a wheel after having something in your system. Um, and so, uh, that was that one time um, I actually had ran across your stuff um, uh, on YouTube. Um, it's funny how those algor- algorithms work <laughs> when you're thinking about stuff and all of a sudden it pops up. Um, and it had really been, I'd really been kind of toying with the idea of like, Hey, I really got to take this serious or I could, you know, lose a lot. And saw several of your videos um, and then uh, uh, emailed you, contacted you, and uh, set up everything. Um, At that point, I was like, no, I can do this, and I'm ready to do this. Um, I did the four four steps and and looked through everything, read everything, understood it. Um, And probably a month in – I had a, it was, it was a really stressful day and this is not an excuse or anything, but a really stressful day. I fell back to what I knew and it was just having a couple beers at work with one of my employees. Um, and then that turned into going to, uh, the restaurant in our little strip area, had a Mm -hmm. couple more drinks and then went, went to meet my family at dinner and my wife could tell that I had drank. She didn't say anything until we got home and uh, said, you know, you know, you lied to me that you didn't drink. And I said, and I would do that because I didn't want to dis- I'm one of these type of people that I don't want to disappoint anybody. I always, I, I really care what people think. And I figured if I could hide it, then I'm disappointing myself, not everybody else. I can deal with myself versus anybody else's feelings towards me. And um, we had a, a very long and hard discussion, and she actually uh, kicked me out of the house. Mm-hmm. And uh, I thought she was joking at first, and she said, "No, I've told you before. I don't. I don't like you drinking and driving. I don't like you know that you lied to me." And um, once I realized that it was serious, I, I was pretty upset. This is 10 o'clock at night. And so uh, I left thinking that it was going to be like two or three days, you know, everything like that. Um, I messaged you uh, maybe two or three days afterwards just because that that was what I needed. I guess, you know, looking back, I needed to hear. Um, 
it looking back, I was doing even starting the sober clear, I was doing it for them. I was doing it for my mm -hmm. wife, um, and my kids, and my family. I wasn't fully, I don't think. I mean, I was doing it for myself, but I wasn't hundred percent doing it for myself. Yep. And it was at that point that I went over and and you know, with your advice and and watched all the the videos again, read the, you know, read the book, did the journaling and really kind of asked some hard questions to myself about myself. Like, what do you, why do you want to, you know, why do you want to drink? Why do you want to jeopardize ruining and ruining your family and your life and everything that you've worked hard for? Um, and that was, that was my rock bottom. And I'm glad I noticed it. You know, there's a lot of people that I know that don't know when they hit rock bottom and they can't do anything about it. Um, so I worked really hard at proving that I could do this. Um, I was out of the house for six weeks. Um, luckily I, I have family, my mom that lives pretty close to so that's where I stayed. I would still do my daily routine with the kids, take them to school do all that stuff, drop them off after, you know, pick them up from practices and rehearsals and stuff and have dinner. And then I would go. Mm -hmm. And I think for, for my wife, it was me proving that I was serious this time. And I was putting family first, them first and myself first in front of everything else. And knowing that, you know, I could do this and, that I needed to do it. Um, and so that's been four months um, since that happened. And I haven't had a, a real desire. Um, and you, we do talk about it a lot in, in the program of how it's, you know, um, so easy to just like, you're going to have those cravings or desire, but then it just kind of all of a sudden just goes away. And you don't think about it that much. And I can be around. I mean, I've been to several different gala events and, and, and private parties and stuff like that. And everybody around me is drinking. And I don't even feel like I need to go grab a beer, grab a cocktail or whatever. I ask for a Sprite um, or a water. Um, uh, every so often, if they have a non-alcoholic beer, I'll grab one just to hold it and, and I'll sip on it. But that's about it. Um, but I just have no, no, um, desire to do that because I know now what it would cost me. Yeah. So I think, you know, your situation, you started the program, all was good, but it was, you know, the commitment was like, um, you know, you, I don't, I wouldn't say that you, you didn't want to stop, but I think it was like, a you know, kind of get a family off my case, just do something, get the ball rolling. But then as soon as you kind of had that drink and then it, and it caused that, you know, the, the, the falling out, that was when it was like, hang on, like you really did the introspection then. And, uh, and then you came to, you know, the logical conclusion that alcohol does nothing for you. And now ever since you, it kind of clicked for you and you went through the modules again, that's been it. And it's been four months. And like you said, no desire. It's awesome to hear, man. Yeah. And it was, it's, it's weird because, you know, obviously hindsight's twenty twenty, and you look back and see, and, and I always, like I said before, felt like I needed, I needed to drink because everybody else was drinking. All my friends are drinking. And, you know, there's the, you have those friends in your group that every time you go somewhere, 
drink too much, whatever. But for the most part, everybody's hanging out at dinner, having a couple glasses of wine or doing whatever. And then you go somewhere else and, and you have a good time. And, and I was like, I'm, why can't I do that? Like, mm-hmm. I felt like I was doing that. But to my wife or my brother or somebody else that was with us, I wasn't my same self. Yeah. Like, if I was my same self, joking around, calm, laughing and everything, they're like, that's fine. It's just something happens and you, you know, a switch flips and you just voice everything that you want to say. And, and it's just not you. Mm-hmm. Um, I see that now. Right. At the looking back. Um, but it's it's really it's it's a great feeling when I know that I can go somewhere. And still command a table, command a room when I have to give a talk or we're doing something for a gala event or something like that. And I'm completely sober and everybody wants to listen to me and thinks that I have something great to say and I add value to the conversation and stuff like that. Where before I wouldn't think I would, I'd have to have that drink to knock that edge off or get that courage up or whatever it is. And, you know, I don't. And my wife has told me several different times after these things, like, do you see, you can do this like Mm. without it. You've always been able to do it. You just figured that I needed that little liquid courage to just get up there and go. So now Um, you're saying like the, the, the the true self-confidence of you has come back out. It has. Yeah, it has. Um, I mean, obviously you have, you know, clearer mind, make greater decisions. The mornings are great. You know, um, I've always been a guy that works out and, and, and that's my, one of my stress releases too. So my workouts are better. Um, you know, my, my family time is great. My kids, um, are starting to really now like trust me in the fact of, you know, going somewhere and not drinking or coming home and not smelling like alcohol or anything like that, but also spending a lot of time with them. They're actually opening up more to me about right. stuff going on in their days and stuff. And, and so, I mean, I, I wouldn't trade it for the world. Awesome. So, um, yeah, so big family benefits, working out, training well, clarity of mind, uh, smashing your mornings. What about, like, because you've got a business, right? Has your business improved at all over the past four months? Um, a little bit. I wouldn't, I wouldn't say so much that my alcohol affected that to the extent of I'm not I wasn't drinking throughout the day I drank Mm -hmm. when we closed Mm -hmm. and you know luckily knock on wood I never had an instance where I was out somewhere at a dinner and you know got a little carried away and one of my customers saw me or or whatever I always kind of made sure that I you know kept it together and stuff like that Um, our business is, is thrived just because of of the environment where we're at. Um, I, I think the, um, maybe the morale, you know, for me getting the, the uh, employees around and then also really managing my stress level at the store, because that was my number one factor to drink. Mm-hmm. It wasn't my kids or my family or anything like that. It was the stress that I would be under from work of, having to be the boss and making all these decisions and everything like that. And to where 
I was just doing a lot and put a lot on my shoulders. So that's what I had to do to get it off of my shoulders. It felt like, so in the last four months of managing that stress, um, like we're talking right now, my store opens at 10. I normally would be there first one there at nine 30 to put the store in. This is my 20th year in the business. And I'm like, I don't need to do that anymore. I can get in at 11, 10 30, whenever I want to get in, I've earned that right. Um, and so that kind of stuff of kind of self care and knowing that, Hey, you know, to my employees, you know, I've trained you enough and, and hope and expect enough that if you could take care of this situation and whatever decision you make on it, we can go over and review it. And if it's great, great. If it's not, then we learn from it and we move on. And so that gives them freedom too to kind of, you know, pretend like it's their own store too. And what would you, what kind of decision would you do in this? So that frees up some of that tension and stress for me. Um, I, I own the store with uh, my brothers and they've, they've uh, helped out in several ways with that too, of taking stuff off my plate. Um, so that part of the business, yes, has, has thrived um, as far as our you know, sales and, and, and basically uh, the front part of the store is mm. really wasn't affected. Got it, man. Got it. But so you as a leader and you personally are dealing with stress better. So there have been benefits. And um, but also, man. So so if there was somebody, John, that was, you know, they're kind of like 90 percent of the way there. They're, they're thinking of joining a program, but they're just like 10 percent. that They're just like, nah, I don't think I want to do this. It's a scam. Whatever it is in their head. What's one thing that you would say to that person to get them over the line, to get them into the program? I would say that from my personal experience, that it is worth every penny. Um, you as a, as a coach and just the, the idea and concept of, cause most people that have a drinking problem don't consider themselves an alcoholic. Right. And you technically really aren't. I mean, I didn't consider myself an alcoholic. I didn't get up in the morning and have to have a drink or do anything like that. It's just, if the, if the situation was there and when they're alcohol, sure, I'll drink it. Stuff like that. Um, so just to know, and, and you do a very good job of saying, you know, you're not an alcoholic. It is a disease. It is a, it is a addiction, uh, thing that you can overcome. Um, and the great thing too, in the first part of your, of, of the sober clear is when you're going through the module, you say like, you don't have to stop it at that point. You want to gradually kind of get away from it until it clicks with you and knows like, Hey, you don't need to have this, um, I would just tell somebody that's on the fence of it is that invest in yourself because there's something in you or somebody's told you something that's made you actually want to look at this and, and, and research and find sober clear, uh, you know, talk to yourself or anybody. There's a reason that you're there. Um, and to, you know, keep your eyes open and listen to you, listen to it and know that, it's it's really easy and you can do it and the the benefits that you get um long term are far greater than any type of drink you would ever have or any kind of party that you'd want to go to and drink at um you know it's it's totally worth everything that you could because you the best thing that you can invest in is yourself so why not thanks for checking out the stop drinking podcast by sober clear if you want to learn more about how we work with people to help them stop drinking effortlessly, then make sure to visit www.soberclear.com.